already know what it is. Champagne soccer. We back. It's winning time. Last couple weeks of the season. And hey, man, we've already crowned some champions. We are we talked about Barcelona winning La Liga last week. We talked about Napoli winning Serie A already. And hey, congratulations to Anthony Man City. The dynasty continues. Another league title, man. What's going on, Anthony? Man, it feels great, but hold on. I need <laughs> I need a guard of honor, man. What's up? I need, I need some claps. Oh, that's Chelsea right there. Cletus, what you got for your uncle? What's up? It's very, very calm and quiet for you because I won't clap until next season. It, 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 the season's already started. It's a new season. Uh, 23, 24, when that rolls out with the new commercial and Arsenal at the top of the league again and, you know, all of that ABC order stuff and the first game kicks off, hit me. I will clap for you over FaceTime. Until then, you're right. not getting nothing from me. You're right, man. You you can clap after we uh, complete the trouble. That's straight. Yeah, you know, after the trouble, you I will I will clap, bro. I will clap after the trouble. You know, just don't put it on Instagram. Wow. All right. You guys aren't aware out there, Man City. At first, they needed a win against Chelsea to clinch the league title. But let me tell you something, Arsenal. <laughs> They know how to lay down, man. Let me tell you. They lost 1-0 to Nottingham Forest, and it was over. Man City had a watch party to watch that L because they knew Arsenal were going to fold. I've said it. I'll try to find the clip. I'll send it to E. He can add it to the beginning of this episode. February 16th, I said Arsenal lost the league. It's over. It's happened. Congratulations to Man City. They are, this version of Man City is the most complete team they've ever had, I believe. They have no flaws. They have no weakness. They have the most depth they've ever had. Their biggest flaw used to be lack of physicality and no world-class striker. They, you could argue they got two world-class strikers. And this is the most physical Man City and Pep team ever. They got size everywhere. They play with five defenders in the back, five central defenders at the back. Then you have Grealish and Bernardo with all the work rate in the world. De Bruyne has been reinvigorated as a playmaker this season. You got Mares on his backup swag cooking. I don't see where these guys can trip up, but Ephraim, I'm sure you got some ideas, man. You're trying to block that trouble, ain't you? Yeah, of course we are. Uh, but I, I would ask, you think they're better than 70, 100-point city? Hell city yeah. Won, what? City did one. With Fabian Delft starting? Hey, but they, hey, look, you can yeah. say what you want, but they yeah. did start, they won the league with 19 points, over 19 points over second place. So that's cool. Um, I I'm, think just it saying, was just... I'm not saying they're not. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there for an argument, you know, because I hear, I hear the rumblings. People are saying this is the one of the best or the best city team since Pep has taken over. The and best English that. team I've ever seen. I'm saying it. Fair enough. I give you. I give you some of that, but you know, I, I guess my my thing is, yeah, I give you some of the, like the physicality as, as well. I give you, you know, the 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 versatility for the team is also. So yes, yeah, they may be absolutely. They could be, um, but I think I think still some people would argue about that that 17, 18 city 
being probably the 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 better city team, at least as far as like a points says it all. And not to mention, like I said, they they won by 19 points over the second place team. Um, but yeah, city city going for the trouble. United can stand in their way a little bit. If not, Inter can stand in their way too. So it'll be interesting. They got the best way to you know. They, it, it looks good for them. They look dominant. They they won so many home games this season, especially since the World Cup or the beginning of the year at least. So um, yeah, they're a scary team, no doubt about it. They've adjusted very well. You know, I don't know. This is going to be a a, a scary into the season so i gotta i gotta say something to that ephraim um and this team being if they're not better than the 100 point <clears throat> the centurions uh i've seen five of these with my own eyes and this team here uh after a three-peat is way better than when they did it and broke the league in a sense of 100 100 points and don't, don't forget think- the year they got a hundred points, they got flu flammed by Liverpool in the Champions League too. So this yeah, time- I feel yeah. like the, yeah, domestically, I think they may have broke England in that moment. And then the following season, you saw Liverpool on their ass and then continue to be on their ass. And now other teams start uh parking the bus on them. They the jig was up, and so Pep had to start reinventing the wheel again. And now we're here finally with the like Dan said, like five center backs or four center backs, and then you got uh actual striker and nah, you got the five, team. man. Rodri's a center back for Spain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got five, we got five of them things. So we got defenders, we got center backs that can handle the ball well and defend. None of that fancy shit. We don't need that Cancelo. I love him, man. We don't need that Travella crosses, none of that jiggy stuff. We just need guys who do their job, run back, stand in front of the goal, beat brick walls. And so Pep realized that John Stones had an amazing season. Um, and I believe John Stones was still there for the Centurions. And so if I'm picking John Stones from th- back then or now, it's like, look at look at the development. It's like, yeah, this is, this is tight. Um, this is a way, way better team. We're up for trouble now. And it's we took down the big dogs in Europe, Real Madrid, before getting there. It's like it's written, man. You know, you got to buy in. Hey, you know? hey, can I can I just throw yeah. a couple things out real quick? I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying. I give you this: if they win the trouble, absolutely, they are the best. They're probably I give you, I give you, I give you nothing but plaudits about them being the best Premier League team or the best uh, European team ever, maybe. But I'm gonna just throw you a couple stats at you real quick. Because just about that 17-18 team, they have the most away points, the most points ahead of the second place, which I said already. Most wins, they don't. They have 28 this season. They had 32 that season. Most away wins, they had 16. Most most goals, best goal differential uh, of 79. They have 62 this year. Uh, most consecutive victories at 18, and the and the in the uh, the earliest to win the league with five games to spare that season. I get it. They lost. Like you said, they got flim flam, like you said, Dan, in the Champions League. But as far as like a Premier League team, it's hard to me, in my opinion, it's hard to argue that that this team might be better than that team. But if they win the trouble, I will give you that. 
You I think will, the league was it. better in 2017, 18 than it is now? Bruh. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm saying the league is way better now than five. Yeah, that's what ago. that's my point. They I broke just looked the at the table. You won. guys finished second. You guys sucked that year. Yeah, like I, they city broke the league then because they nobody was ready for what they brought. But then the league started to adjust and they can they can't do it again. Pep had to start doing other stuff. So them being bet like those points show how the Premier League was. And now there's been tight competitions and Arsenal yeah. was just keeping up. So it's not. I don't think that team is better. I think the Premier League wasn't ready for that Man City, and now the league is now getting is ready for it in a sense because Arsenal's there. Liverpool had a bad season. They were just, if it if Liverpool was healthy, it'd have been a three team race. Real talk, but they weren't, and it's that's, uh, that's yeah. A lot of teams folded. Chelsea folded. We thought they would be well. Now nah, actually, we knew they would be huffed. Yeah, Anthony, you predicted Tuchel would get fired early, so I was like, nah. It was Tottenham that we thought would be more competitive, but they fell off. Of course, Liverpool struggled. Um, I would say the interesting thing is what changed City season is the emergence of Cletus's boys hiring Graham Potter and then Brighton hiring Robert Deserby, Roberto Deserby, excuse me. Pep said earlier, Deserby is one of the most influential managers of the last 20 years. When Pep got those tactics and added it to his new flow, that's what changed the season. So this is interesting because we know they said what Arsenal led the league for 248 days. That's a record without winning the league. Also, that's slanted because we know it's a, it was a World Cup year and the World Cup is never in the middle of the season. So that's slanted things. But regardless, Pep, when he added that Deserby flow to that patient buildup, that counter-pressing possession stuff they were doing, yeah, that changed everything. And then it reinvigorated all the team because now you had a system that could maximize Holland. You had a system that didn't have to depend on De Bruyne to create chances. That's the difference between City and the past. You got Puna Guerrero hitting or missing. You got Fabian Delph at left back. You got Zinchenko at left back. You got all these. Who was the um and who was the right back at that time that year you guys won a hundred points? Do you remember Anthony? Anthony? Uh, I think it was a uh, the Neo. Oh yeah, come Neo? on. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yet. man. Yeah. They have Julian Alvarez. They have a they have hey, they would... have a, a, a future world class. Kyle Walker. Oh, yeah, that was young Kyle Walker still running and gunning. Hey, I would say that I wouldn't have said that the 100-point city team was the best city team. I would have said the year that we took them to the last day, that was the best team because they, they had to compete That's on a good. different level. That's a good argument. I think because they had to compete on a different level the whole season. They had to go on that, what was I think it was like a fucking 15-game run. Unbeaten streak that they went on it for a second. I don't yeah, remember. You talking, about last, you talking about last year or like two years ago? Year nah. Yeah, right. Yeah, the year yeah, before we tough. won. That was tough. Yeah, I think, but I think I would think last year because that hey, being down two by two goals, it was still the last we had to win the last game too. And yeah. so I feel like that was in the same scenario. That's why I was kind of confused. But that was also because of the Fernandinho victory tour, right? You didn't have time for that. 
Yeah, playing center back. Yeah, yeah, Pep did. <laughs> Pep, Pep made that race tight. Yeah, that was nasty. Don't worry, it was a nasty race because of Pep, but it was still Liverpool was on our ass, and we were still down two goals until the the Fernandinho tour was over, and so after halftime of the last game, and that's crazy. <laughs> we came back, but that that to me is better than the the fifteen uh, game win uh, mark is just because. That show, like, hey, man, these niggas really can do anything. They were down 2-0. I, and that's, like, why I start love, why I love this game. It shows heart because you can start getting slid and continue to get slid, or you can man up and try to come back and, and go for it until the 95th minute, 93rd plus three, you know what I'm saying, or not. And so when we were down and we did that, that showed me like, wow, we here. And now here we're going for the trouble, man. I can't, I can't see why anybody would, would even second guess which city team is better. <laughs> it's this one, man. <laughs> we looking at it. I mean, I, I do agree with Dan. I feel like when, um, when, when Pep saw them mix us and how Matoma was getting off, how Eric, how how McAllister was getting off, he 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 peeped swag like how you said. He found the perfect way to unlock Jack. He already had a and look. He probably was like, I already got a striker way better than Wellback. Fucking dang on, and I'm gonna let Kevin DeBorner play fucking the McAllister role. And that's really what it seemed like. Roger playing the what is it the uh homie that's supposed to be the homie that's supposed to go to y'all team. So it, it's like he mixed and matched it. Casado. Yeah, Casado. Yeah, he playing that Casado role because he's not going forward. I don't see him going forward that much when I, I watch City now because beforehand he was he was in the mix, but he just like being a deep line playmaker in a sense. But yeah, I, th- I I do feel like when he seen them tactics, he was like, shit, let me see how I can use this with my players. And he and like how you said, it's working. But you finna go against another Italian coach, like that see that that don't know them tactics. So I want to see how the final gonna go. For sure, that's going to be fun to look forward to. Now, Cletus, I need you to throw some salt in the game, man. Let us know about those financial allegations that's on your mind about Man City. I mean, you know me, I'm going to be honest. The rumors haven't gone away. The case is going to pop up, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's a court date, I want to say, yeah, in a couple of weeks, um, where the league is going to review the charges. And then, you know, from there, they're going to talk about the sanctions and blase, blase. But realistically, I think if they win the treble this year, Pep is going to skate to New York. I don't think he's going to be willing to stay there for another year and then have people question him. <laughs> so, you know, hey, be... No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, hey, I'm just, this is my opinion. But at the same time, I was watching this uh, Bernardo Silva interview this morning, and he was talking about um, the reason why they've been so dominant is because each year Pep's always trying to find ways to change the formula, whether they're playing with five defenders, three defenders. Um, you know, sooner or later, he's going to have to run out of ideas. He's going to run out of ideas, and he's going to have to start playing basic football like the rest of us. No, he's yeah. not. He just, hey, man. Hey, man you see saying, what the losers people is, come up with? Is this not He's moved hey, so advanced in the game that his kids are influencing what he does. Tuchel has influenced him America? three backs three. Now we got Deserby influencing him. So things are not going to run out of ideas, man. Yeah, you know? that goes back to the point about the 100 points, the 100 point season. He broke the league and still had to revamp because everybody 
started to adapt. That's the part of life. People think I mean, that's, that's one thing I always get Pep, though. That's one thing, like, when it comes to Pep, I'll say that he's great at innovating and, you know. I already told. Things. Yeah, but I still want to see him fail. I told you the next level. I told y'all last week. It's the box to box center back, man. That's the next level of the game, okay? <laughs> I mean, you're doing that. I know, bro. Trust me, trust me. When he was at Bayern, the the ideas and the meetings that he had, he actually wanted to play um, uh, Neuer as the holding midfielder, and he actually practiced it, and they actually showed it during like the Bayern live practice. The nigga played as a holding midfielder, and I think it was Rummenigge that had a conference with him. It was like, yo, honestly, we see what you're trying to implement. It could work, but out of respect, I don't think that'll be good for the league. It will show arrogance. And, you know, I say Pep is very, very genius. He knows how to, like, how to, how to make you play football. That's why I like him so much. I respect him. Like, he's a football-minded individual, not, you know, type, like, he's – I like that about him. He he could change you from being a striker to a holding midfielder, left back to a striker. He can do that. I respect it. But I still want to see him fail because he doesn't coach my team. Thank you. I'm glad you at least said that because you said he ruined our dynasty after this year. Yeah, y'all haven't scored against us since the Champions League final since 2021. You know that, right? I mean, that Chelsea scored against Manchester. But but what happened? I mean, that goal matters more than any other goal we've scored against you. So I'll I'll keep taking it. (laughs) Yeah, that's forever. That Champions League title's forever. And that's the day when he realized, oh, shit. I just got my ass whipped, but at three box three, I need to learn that system. So yeah, he needed to lose. He needed a trick off that Champions League to make himself better a few years later. So yeah, he could use also, those tactics Tuchel taught him. But that also taught us a, a special lesson too. Never put Gundogan back as a CDM because <laughs> we wouldn't have key moments. We wouldn't have key moments like last year's final game, goal victory that, that won us the title. Um, we wouldn't have, uh, I guess, end of the season done doing that has been blacking out this se- last season and this season. You know, man, it's, 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 hey, man, sometimes you just got to you got to stumble up to to succeed, man, to move but forward. But Gundogan's been scoring playing in that double pivot role. That's <laughs> when he finally let him play deeper. That's when he's been scoring all these goals. So Pep might but be not, but not alone CDM, team. man. Not the single pivot, man, as he was in the Champions League final. Oh, yeah, he doesn't Chelsea. play that way anymore. He knows he can't. Tuchel taught him exactly. how hey, you can get exposed that way. Yeah, and so you gotta learn bad lessons, man. And you gotta learn lessons to, to progress in life. Not a lesson, not all lessons are bad, they're just flat lessons. Move forward. Exactly. Uh Ephraim, how you feeling, man? I know you're feeling salty about these financial allegations and people are ignoring them what, what do you think not only i'm not mad about them ignoring them i think one of my you know my philosophy i'm more of a sit and wait and let's see what happens when things come uh play out so you know there's i ain't really salty about it now if they come and they uh you know find out find out to be guilty then we can have a bigger conversation about it but i'm not really salty about it you know if they fucked up you know it'll come through and we'll see what happens when 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 these uh when this really plays out. So I'm 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 gonna sit in a waiting pattern on this one. This is how I look at it. Once those corporations decided to take the blood money, it is what it is. <laughs> you think Newcastle won cha- got in the Champions League with all clean money? I don't know. 
The same thing, Cletus, you can bring it up too. When they decided to take Roman Abramovich's blood money 20 years ago, they knew this type of stuff could happen, his relationship with Putin. So it's always funny when they know the money is dodgy, but they take the money. And then when something happens, they get surprised. Like, oh, man, we didn't know they would do something like that. Hey, you, you don't, think, you don't think Saudi Arabia, Qatar, all these places are cooking books? Of course they are. But you knew that because you took the money. So it is what it is. That's how I look at it. I don't look at it like if they get caught up, it tarnishes the legacy because the PL took the blood money already for over 15 years. But anywho, let's talk about a team that looks like they might trick the league. Byron Munchen, Thomas Tuchel, we mentioned him earlier. He beat Pep in the Champions League final 2021 with Chelsea 1-0. That seems to be the highlight of his career because ever since it's been a struggle. He got hired by Bayern Munich. At the time, they were down by one point to Borussia Dortmund in the league. They thought they could win the treble. Now it looks like they can win nothing for the first time since the 2011-2012 season. So what's on your mind, Cletus? Man, it's, it's FC Hollywood, to be honest, man. It's the end of the, the movie. You know, you're, you're reaching a climax, and then you're going to see the credits. And what I mean by the credits is going to be Oliver Kahn waving goodbye to the board. You know, but watching that game, um, I didn't think we were going to lose. I honestly expected maybe like a 1-0, 2-0 win. You know, I expect Leipzig to put up, you know, somewhat of a fight, but I did not see us losing, especially with Nkunku not starting. They lost Timo. Um, they've been in like a good recent form, but I don't think it was to the point that they will be beating Bayern Munich, you know, at this late in the season. But they got caught on the counterattack a few times gave away a few sloppy penalties, and, you know, that kind of just killed us, especially in the second half. We didn't play with any intensity. Um, we didn't really create much. And, again, the personnel on the field seems to be the issue at times. Um, for instance, I think he should have brought in Matthias Tell a lot earlier in the game because once he came on, the kid was getting shots off, you know, linking up really well with Sané. And then even with Sané, like, you know, it's it's weird how I don't it's weird how he's being played because there are times where he's able to sit on the wing and kind of do his thing, go one v one. But then there's times also where you see Tucho kind of put him um somewhat of like a nine or a ten where he's able to like roam around in that midfield area, trying to link play across or stuff like that, which I just think in a sense doesn't always like help him out because there are times where you kind of will want Sonnen to be taking shots, but he's going to be taking the extra pass, which he did um, maybe like two or three times in that game, which if he would have taken that shot, he might have scored and, you know, the game might have went differently. But at the moment, it stands. Uh, Dortmund is two points clear at the top of the league with a game to go. And if they win um, the next game, they will be lifting the um, the title. And also I heard that at the moment, the title is going to be sent over to Dortmund. And the replica is going to be sent over to Bayern. Um, so whoever wins on the last day, they'll be able to decide and, you know, lift the trophy. But honestly, I, I honestly want the title to go to Dortmund so we could feel this pain of, you know, losing on a title. First time not winning a trophy since 2012. And then, you know, you saw how Bayern reacted after 2012. So I'm hoping that's what's happening. 
Um, we take that L. Looks like Rummenigger may be coming back as well. Also looks like Yuli Hunter is going to be actively working in the transfer market this year. So it's a lot to expect. Um, I do feel like they're going to spend a lot of money. I don't think they're going to try to be cheap this year. They definitely have the $200 million budget to spend because they tried to spend it on Holland on the sneak before. So we're all looking to see how much money is going to be spent, where we would love to get a real striker in this summer, as well as a, a partner for um, for Kimmich. I don't know why a lot of the fan base this year has been against Goretzka. Um, I just don't understand it, honestly. I just think it's like it's just some type of agenda somebody started and it's just been a wave that everybody's been trying to pick up. But, you know, it's been a good season. Looking forward to watching Bayern Munich lose the league. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Dortmund has to win the league, but because if Bayern wins the league with this terrible season, then yeah, man, then maybe Bundesliga needs to be the new MLS. That's how I'm looking at it. They, I agree with you. They hey, need, it's it's they, parody over here. Relax. They need Dortmund to win just because if this week this is the weakest Bayern team I've ever seen with my eyes. And if they win this league, then it's really dead with no hope of coming back. They need Dortmund to win. Last game of the season, everybody plays the same time. You know how it goes. Dortmund will be at home against Mainz. Bayern will be away against FC Cologne. Anthony, what do you think? Is Dortmund going to raise it up or is Bayern going to be victorious again? Uh, it's tough. I'm going to say Bayern's going to make it happen, man. I think uh, I'm going I'm to take, take a page out of my friend Cletus's playbook and I'm going to admit that I'm a hater. That man, Jew Bellingham, cannot raise that trophy. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Ephraim, who you got in the Bundesliga? I think Dortmund at home. They playing at home. Bayern, even though they did lose at home last week, I think they have a bigger chance of losing away uh, this weekend. So uh, Dortmund, what, they on 70 points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventy three points. They, yeah, they got they they got to win it because obviously a, a draw. Like if they draw and and Byron does win, Byron is going to get them on uh, goal differential because they yep. got them substantially uh, on that. But uh, yeah, let's go B Bellingham. Sorry, Anthony. Marcus, who you rolling with, man? Hold on, hold on, hold on. First off. How did they get two hundred million? And I ain't heard. I don't see none of this on on on, on Berlin Bleacher Report about two hundred million. What's going on? Well, you know, you know, I'm tapped into Bayern München, FC Hollywood, and you know, be realistic. Bayern Munich has won the Champions League what about two or three years ago? They've won the league consecutively. They're always finishing either in the semifinals or in the quarterfinals, except for that one year with Liverpool. So they do generate a lot of money. Um, they've also expanded into um, into Asia and some other countries, um, which has really helped them um, on the marketing side. So they do have they do have the money. It's just that the past couple of years they've been trying to focus on their books, trying to make sure that they're not in debt, as well as helping teams like Dortmund, 
uh, Mines, Cologne, with their debt issues as well. So it's a lot that Bayern Munich does take on. Um, and they do have the the cash to kind of splurge. It's just, they're just very, they're German. Hey, bro, you ain't, you ain't helping my, my guys out there. That's all I'm trying to say. But, um, I mean, I mean, I, I'm on the tip that Tom is trying to get, be the quickest uh, firing in Bayern history. If he tricked this game, bro, I mean, his tactics might be broke. He might need to take another sabbatical. I mean, but, I mean, I feel like the odds are in Byron's favor. And, um, yeah, like I said, if he tricked this, bro, he, he might as well go ahead and clean his locker after the game. For sure. Now, by the way, guys, uh, <laughs> Pep said, and I quote, I will stay at Man City next season. I will stay next season with the hundred be- breaches for the PL against us. Don't worry, <laughs> we will be there. So, yeah, I, hey, I think Man City. This is the team of his destiny, man. Um, he gets to be in the most competitive league that has the most financial resources and be on the team that arguably has the most money. And he's there with his Barcelona boys. Ferran Seriano and Tixi Burstein, or excuse me for saying your name incorrectly, but I think it's set up for him. Why would I want to leave when I have the best team in the world? It don't seem like any team is going to be closing the gap in terms of talent. So, hey, why leave? But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Right. Hey, hey, Marcus, just, just to add, um, before we move on, that comment by Tucho, surprisingly, his biggest advocate in the club is Ely Hernes. So it's going to take a lot to get him out of the club unless next season, you know, we tank and maybe you don't win the league again or something. But yeah, I feel like the Ely Hernes is going to be co-signing for him um, really hard because he didn't co-sign for Julian Nagelsmann. That was more of an Oliver Kahn type of thing, him and um, Brazo. So it'll be interesting to see how Tucho's career at Bayern Munich plays out. <laughs> oh man this is gonna be funny to see this come to the end because hey if Byron wins this league uh, I don't know man but do you think um before we move on to, uh to another segment let me ask you this Claytis do you think the reason why Goretzka is getting a lot of blame is because of the tactics he's been playing a little bit higher up the pitch, Kimmich has as well. Kimmich has as well. Uh, what do you think about the usage of the, your midfield? Yeah, I think our midfield is not as dynamic as it used to be in the past. Uh, we never really replaced Thiago. And like you said, I do agree. Um, I feel like Goretzka is being played out of, out of formation, especially in Tuchel's formation. Um, you really don't see a lot of two number sixes or like a six and an eight. Um and Kimmich and Goretzka complement each other a lot better than just having one on the field. And Kimmich is more offensively minded than Goretzka is. So when they are forced to kind of play up a little bit more advanced, you know, some people are like, oh, how come he's not making this pass? But honestly, that's not his that's not his play style. So he's more of a arriving kind of late into the box, getting that final shot off or something like that. So I hope that he stays in the summer and then we find maybe a different player to add to that midfield or just find a way to incorporate Gravenberg a lot better into that midfield. Word up now. 
let's get into some heavier topics real quick. If you guys haven't been paying attention to La Liga and Vinicius Jr., Vinicius has been on an incredible trek the last year. I think he's elevated himself to being considered arguably the best left winger in the world. Now he's been dealing with issues throughout the season with racist abuse from fans. And it came to the point where I, I was telling Anthony earlier, I was kicking it with him and I was talking about how Brazil's president at G7 talked about, Hey man, if Spain and La Liga don't want to step up, I'll send my boys to Spain and we'll, we'll get it done. Then the next thing, you know, four fans who hung, uh, uh, Vinicius inflatable doll. They were arrested in Madrid. Three fans in Valencia that were racially abusing him were arrested and handed lifetime bans. So it looks like they're, you know, taking action. Unlike Italy, where when Lukaku got racially abused, they said, good luck, nigga. Still kept the uh, red card in Spain. They rescinded the red card Vinicius got. So, um, I think it's at least they're making progress. What do you guys think about what's been going on in Spain with Vinicius Jr.? Just Let me ask you a question real quick before we everybody has a take. Do you think that they, you think it it it's, looks like it got better because of of public uh, outcry, basically, versus them really doing something in their own volition? Yeah, so it I looks like it's more of a reaction. Like yeah, they weren't going to do anything until, like everybody named Mama ESPN FC had like tons of segments on it, and you know everybody's uh, commenting on it and everything. So I don't know. I, you know, hey man, this is Europe. <laughs> they never, hey, it's never going to be perfect. Even in the NBA, people get racially abused. That's the way of the world, unfortunately. But yeah, it is reactive. But hey, at least they're doing something about it. Because I think La Liga realizes, hey, if Vinicius, this guy is going to be one of our marquee players, hopefully, potentially, for the next decade. You have to protect these guys. And then you got Endrick coming. Look at Real Madrid. That's, there's a joke that, yeah, in the next five years, they might be the blackest team in the history of Spain. You look at Germany. Look at how Bayern Munich has been evolving throughout the years. They got a black-ass team now. So I think that's the future of football and teams are realizing and leagues. If we want these guys to continue to come and play in our country, we got to take care of them. We got to treat them with dignity and respect, and we can't let fans heckle them and treat them like trash. And sure, there's always going to be segments of fans that are acting up because, like, like I said, it's not like it's the majority of the stadium it's three stadiums, three fans got lifetime bans, and then four fans got arrested for hanging a doll. So we'll see. I think things will get better in terms of, you know, the behavior by the fans, but we know that type of sediment, it's hard to go away, you know. No, I agree. I think it will get better as well. And apparently, uh who they who they play, they lost to um uh, it was Valencia. Check. Yeah, yeah, it was Valencia. Yep. And uh, so apparently they're gonna close part of that stadium for the next five matches. So I, I guess it's going into next season. Yeah. Um, especially that one stand, I guess, where, where uh, Vinicius saw uh, the fans making uh, the abuse. So 
Yeah, no, I agree. It's going to get better. I just, I just wish that they, it wasn't always so reactionary. Obviously, like you said, it's going to, it's going to happen. Um, you know, and then I, th- I think uh, what's uh, the president uh, took away the, the uh, took away the uh, the task force that he had the uh, uh, race race racial task force racist task force. I forgot the exact name of it, but he uh, he disbanded that task force when he became president. So, you know, it just shows you like how sometimes they don't see, you know, what obviously what their black players are going to see, um, especially these black players that come from different countries like Brazil. So we'll see, man. I hope it does get better. You know, I, I like to watch La Liga. They have some of the prettiest looking football, if nothing else. So, um, yeah, man, I think, um, what we're going to see is uh, La Liga trying to be more proactive because, I mean, these incidents have happened sporadically throughout the years. So I think I saw an incident of Roberto Carlos being racially abused back in the days. And, you know, Pep, when he was a player, was telling him, yeah, look straight. <laughs> and people hey. that hate Pep were like, hey, look, see, man, look at Pep, man. That's hey. for racism. <laughs> To add to that, uh, kinda, I kind of feel that way about Benzema, bro. Did you you see the clip when they go? Only Militao was the only one really rocking. With yeah, him black like man. That. That's because because Benzema is. Hey, that's what I'm saying. All those boys that they love Benzema because he's swag and stuff. He's not a black man. All right, we know he's a North African. He is of Arab descent. He doesn't align with black people. He's not black. He don't know the struggle. Just because you like Tupac don't mean you know what black people go through or even care. So, yeah, I saw comments about, yeah, Benzema, you're supposed to be the captain. Even little Vasquez is stamping up for his teammates. So it is what it is, man. Some hey, people are captains only because they're the best player on the team, not because they're real leaders of men. Sorry to cut you off, but, hey, Rudiger's always solid, man. Standing up for his squad also. I mean, I, I'll Ooh. add to it. Um, I thought it was like I thought I thought like this is the second incident in in a year with Vinny, and and I thought it was kind of ill the way how people was trying to say like did he provoke it? Been more than two for real. The remember that Atletico Madrid match? There's been a couple incidents. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's it's a it's kind of a frequent thing with him, and and I kind of think what was funny that was said supposedly by a rival coach was they told him to learn English. And the leader, they gonna lead, and they gonna that'll be how they get back. How he get back <laughs> yeah, out. exactly. But then so, go to go to Spain, go to England, and then do what? Get racially abused? That <laughs> happens there too. <laughs> even even worse. If he don't go to the right squad, he, even yeah. worse probably. But hey, man, it is what it is. Uh, Anthony, what do you think, man? Do you think when the Brazil president said he might send the goons, is that what made Spain act up and get right? Nah, man. <clears throat> once you once you cut off the the lights on white Jesus, that white Jesus statue, like you said, you know that's like putting <laughs> bat, that's like putting the bat signal in the sky, man. Hey, man. Yeah, watch out. They took the lights off Christ the Redeemer, man. <laughs> yeah, they were playing games, but hey, I'm happy they're being proactive and they're trying to get things right. Um, speaking about being proactive, go ahead, Cletus. You want to say something? Yeah, you know, 
sad to say, but we always got to talk about this situation every couple of months or every season regarding some type of player, whether it's Balotelli, um, you know, Lukaku in the past, Henri, you know, there's a list of players, but I feel like we do try to, or, or the soccer community does try to make progress, but it needs to start being a collective like decision and collective steps because um, what was it? Uh, the president of UEFA, I think, or FIFA came out and said he had rules that he wanted to implement, but, but certain leagues and countries don't want to like obey by those rules. For instance, once the, the chanting started, they could have just stopped the game just told the players to go on the sideline and then, you know, resume game later once the chanting stopped. But if it continued, they will go ahead and end the game and sanction a fine and stuff like that. I think those are like basic, like fundamental laws that every league should be implementing when it comes to racism, you know, at a game. If you hear it, you see it, you know, make it known to the referee. The referee is going to make it known to the coaches that this is my decision and then if he's going to stop the game, he lets him know to the crowd that the game will be stopped because of racial abuse. Like, that should be basic. And I hope that going into the next season, um, at the the players' union, honestly, should bring this up, um, as well as some of the fans, if they really want to see changes in their league when it comes to racism. For sure. Now, in more controversial news, Juventus earlier this year were going through similar situations with financial uh, doping, as they call it, and they were deducted 15 points. Then they were given the points back, and now with two games left in the Serie A season, they've been deducted 10 points. So that's thrown a big loop in the Serie A table you got Jose Mourinho saying, hey, man, if they made this decision earlier, maybe I could have parked a better bus and try to get higher in this top four race. Because now, um, as you guys know, Napoli already won the league. They're up 18 points at the moment with 86. Second place, Lazio has 68 points. Inter Milan is third with 66. AC Milan is fourth with 64. Atalanta is fifth with 61, and Roma is sixth with 60. By the way, with the 10-point deduction, Juventus is now seventh with 59 points, which means they can still beat Roma to go in the Conference League or to even get into Europa League. So what do you guys think about Italy's decision to literally wait until the end of the season to make this points deduction official? The way you transition into this room with into and worse news is like, damn, what else could be worse? But you know, Juventus, this is what they do every season. They're gonna take a point of deduction, they're gonna cry about something, some corruption, and then they're gonna find a way to make it back into the Champions League. If if they keep their coach and maybe you know sell some players, I feel like next season they might have a chance to challenge for the league. Um, but I don't think this point of deduction honestly hurts them that much as like the one previously where like they were close to the relegation zone. This one, I just feel like it wasn't needed. They could have definitely probably just held off on this until next season and just slap them with like some additional fines or something like that. For sure. Now, Ephraim, I uh, read that Lothar Matthias, Bayern Munich legend, he recently brought 
bought a Ghana club, Accra London salute. He said that he believes that one of the reasons why Bayern jumped for Tuchel so much is because they feared he was going to Juventus. If you mm -hmm. were the Juventus board, E, would you keep Allegri or do you give him a break because of this weird season with the point scandal? And then, of course, as you've mentioned before, injuries with Pogba. I remember you put in our chat that in Pogba's first start, he got hurt. They've had a lot of injuries. What do you think about Juventus and how they should move forward? Yeah, I, I, I personally would. You know, I mean... Not saying coaches aren't, uh, uh, you know, aren't responsible sometimes for certain things, but this seems like a board thing, in my opinion. Yeah, he should not. He should not take the brunt of this. I think we already had. I think their board resigned uh, in November, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's already been taken care of. If you know, if I'm on the board now, I'm I'm giving them. I'm definitely giving them a pass for next season, um, because this is all. Uh, upper management uh finances things that he really in a way doesn't really have too much control over um not saying that some coaches don't have uh a say in those kind of things but yeah man he he should he should get a pass and, and be at least one more season to see where they can go because if it wasn't for that they would have been they would have been second this season yep right yeah you're right they would have been second. So cause the, cause even with that 15 point hit, getting that that uh getting that 15 back, they were up to second. Now they're down to seventh. So yeah, give him another chance. Um Tuchel though, <laughs> that would have been an interesting uh pickup for them. I, I don't I don't know how that would have looked. Uh going in maybe what next season they was looking for him. Is that what it was? So I saw the headline. Yeah, yep. the yeah they, they were they were basically uh Lothar Matthias was basically saying that. Juventus was looking at Tuchel like, all right, he can be our next coach of the future. You know, the Italians love back threes. They don't mind counterattacking football. So I actually think he would have worked over there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right. Maybe they go after Nagelsmann if he doesn't take the Tottenham position. Right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Marcus, what do you think, man? Uh, Allegri tactics are... Uh... Fossil tactics. Those shits is dead. <clears throat> this is what third time coming back to Juve. This should they should have stopped long time ago. <laughs> like they could have let his ass go when they was first demoted with the point shit. Um, but it wasn't his fault. Yeah. It wasn't his fault, Marcus. He didn't. He didn't cook the books. Man, shit. He was there when they was cooking the books the first time. Shit. I'm pretty sure he know what the hell going on. He hey, know like what cooking. Jose Mourinho are. threw him some bail. Jose Mourinho and even Pep some bail. He said, hey, man, we're coaches, bro. It's not like we in there with the accountants crunching the numbers and cooking the books. We don't make those decisions. They tell us what money we got to spend. We try to maximize it. But it's not like we in the, there with the accountants cooking the books. I mean, he got to be somewhere because them damn tactics shit ain't working, bro. He's still trying to do the shit like uh, like you had Prime, Pirlo, and everybody that was on that squad that was but nice. Like, from even mentioned, if it wasn't for these points deduction, they would finish second. They'd be in the Champions League. So even though, yeah, it's not the dominant tactic to help them win the league, at least it still made them competitive. So, I mean... Did they make it out the group in the Champions League? 
Nah, they lost to the uh, Europa League. Come on, bro. <laughs> shit not working no more, bro. It's a transition year, man. Who 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 would even be enticed to go to the to that league though? Because you still got Milan. I mean, shit. Is that who is that the squad who Napoli coach gonna jump to and be like, hey, I could rebuild these motherfuckers too? Maybe, but Spalletti hey. he has to allegedly sit out a year because uh the Napoli owner De Laurentiis put in his deal that if you leave before the contract ends, you have to sit out a year before you coach again. So Yeah, what's up with that? That's a big deal too, though. That's cra- that's a crazy uh story. Yeah, you know, uh shout out to Napoli winning the league for the first time since 1990. Um, Spalletti, it looks like he'll be leaving. There isn't really much reports on to why it seems like he fell out with uh, the owner, De Laurentiis. We don't know over what. Is it over finances? Is it over a new contract? I'm not that aware, but I don't know. I think it's it's weird, of course. I've seen this before. Um, I remember when uh, Florentino Perez fired Vicente Del Bosca after they won La Liga and the year before he won the Champions League and he still got fired. So, <laughs> But Vicente, uh, Florentino Perez said that that's like the biggest regret of his career, one of them. So at least he was able to admit he actually to fire that nigga. He's a legend. <laughs> mm. So... Spalletti, of course, y'all already know winning this league title, he's a club legend. But yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't understand why we know your boy Kim might be going to Man United, and then you have Oshiman. There's rumors of him leaving, but you know how Napoli moves, they run a tight ship with transfers, no one forces them to sell anybody, mm. so they always maximize their profits and they're good at scouting and identifying talent. So it does suck that Spalletti looks like he's leaving, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, man. Now, I got some questions for y'all. This is, you know, light segment. In the future, Ephraim will be managing this when it gets real, when we have uh, transfer talks. But I just wanted to ask y'all some questions about some rumors going on. And let me start with you, Anthony. There are, you know, allegations out there that Mikel Arteta is still trying to make Arsenal the Man City B team, and now he wants your captain, LK Gundogan, to come and replace Granite Shaka. There's also reports that Bar- uh, Barcelona is looking at him. I wouldn't be surprised if Bayern is looking at him if they lose a midfielder. Um I think he will be, now that <laughs> Bellingham is gone, he'll be one of the most sought-after midfielders, especially as a free agent. What do you think, Anthony? Where is Gundogan going? Are you keeping him? What's up? Yeah, it's funny uh, your rumors didn't include that City was drawing up a new contract for him. That's something yeah, yeah that's been reported, but you know he hasn't agreed to anything yet. But yeah, that's been reported for sure. You guys want to yeah, keep man. him. Yeah, he's staying there ever since uh that that guy number twenty two over in Dortmund didn't want to sign with us. <clears throat> Our players currently on the team stepped up and almost showed me that we don't need to look for that many other players, man. So Gundogan, he, he's getting a new contract. 
Playtis, if you were gunned again, where would you go to take the next step in your career? That's interesting. Because I think Gundogan is a is a complete footballer, just like, you know, just like Silva. So I feel like he'll probably go somewhere in Spain, play about two seasons. Or if not, he'll probably go somewhere like Turkey, you know, just kind of like relax and die down slowly. Hey, man, Turkey? That's crazy. He is of Turkish descent. He be picking Hey, man, I know. Yeah, but, but in Germany, you know, he's played in England. If he doesn't go to Spain, you know, which I feel like he might go to, I feel like next option might be, you know, he may go to Barcelona. I give him that. Well, he'll. I I prefer the Barcelona connection deal over many Manchester City FC at Arsenal. Uh, you know what's gonna happen. Actually, it's time for the reunion tour, motherfuckers. Millie going to Brighton, McAllister coming in, gun to win, take Millie's spot. Let's go. Hey, yeah, he would get number eight fast. That is true. You yeah. know it. What if he goes to like AC Milan, though? That'd be a focus. <laughs> yeah. Then That'd I need Tunali. I need Tunali to be coming the other way. Shit, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> nah, he, might, he might get Tonali ready for real. That might be what he needs. Speaking of what they need, Claytis, Chelsea needs another striker. And you guys are linked with Juventus striker Dusan Vlahovic, the left footed attacker, was one of the most highly sounded strikers in Europe before he made the jump to Juventus when he was at Fiorentina. Of course, it hasn't really worked out with him at Juve. What do you think? They said Chelsea uh, is rumored to be loading up at 80 million euro bid. What's on your mind with that? Yeah, regarding Dusan, this is another top bully playing FIFA and reading Instagram. Or he might be on the Twitter. Who knows? But I think with Dusan, um, before, yeah, like you said, moving to Juventus, he definitely showed promise of being, you know, one of the most elite strikers in Europe. But for some reason at Juventus, it hasn't worked out for him. He's slowly been picking up, you know, his pace again. But just like Chelsea, Bayern Munich is also scurrying, you know, in the realm looking for a striker. And Dusan has been identified as a possibility as well. So it's kind of up to him to see where he goes. If Chelsea spends $80 million, again, I think we're overpaying for a striker that hasn't proven himself within Europe. And we're just letting ourselves be finessed once again. Um, there is a, uh, I forgot his name, but I think he's playing in either in France or in uh, Germany, but um, uh, Davies, I think, I keep forgetting his first name, but I think he probably might be a good option for us as well. But with Dusan, interesting option, but I would not pay 80 million for him. Okay, okay. Now, Marcus, can you break down, you already let us know about Milner leaving, can you break down the players leaving and the players that it looks like maybe you guys are linked to. You already mentioned McAllister. How do you think you guys will go around building this team? Because who else is leaving? You said Milner, um, Alex Oxalate, Chamberlain, Kata. Break it down for us. Hey man, you you got me. You got me getting ready to tear up, man. You you know who leaving, dog. Yeah. 
the legend, man, the Liverpool legend, man. Bobby Firmino, man. God damn. Think you want to go ahead and go ahead and start preaching in Brazil? You know how that go? But uh yeah, man. Um, we losing we losing ox. You can have them back. Yeah, no thanks. Free for the free ski. Okay. Let him go back to um, Southampton, his real home. I don't care where you go. Um, where is that? Millie going to Brighton, and like how you said, it seemed like we doing a, a trade-off. Like we like, hey, deserve let me get McAllister. You know him and Moses gonna leave anyway. So um let's do a trade-off because um I don't know what Millie got going on. I think did Millie ever play for them or like originally or something like that? I need I'm to not aware up. of that. I and I re, I read that Klopp wanted to keep James Milner, but the board turned it down. Do you believe that? Nah, it sounded like Millie wanted to get the fuck on. Like he, it, it seemed like either he wanted to go to Brighton or he wanted to go to probably like a slower league. I could see him going like to Scotland, trying to you know what I mean, trying to get picked. I don't think Celtic could pick him up, but you know what I mean, something, something like that, a slower paced league where he could play every week. Um, Navi, they saying Navi supposed to be going to Leverkusen. Um, but yeah, we, we got a couple guys going out. Um, we might be, oh yeah. Um, Matip is leaving also. Um, we might be losing Gomez. And then it's a couple of the youngsters that want to go out because they need some minutes. And I don't know what the hell going on, but they talking about Fabio might be gone. No, bruh. No, bro. This Portugal's next up, bro. We don't, we don't need that. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, e-money bags. Let us know what is uh, United working on. So, according to Fabrizio Romano, uh, United have talked to Kim and Jay's agents. Who knows how true that is? Like we all know, a lot of these transfer rumors that we talk about can be speculation there's there's definitely some heat on a lot of some of them as well but uh Kim and Jay looks like a priority the name that's been uh floating around a lot so far uh Victor Oshiman uh which is going to be a heck of a price tag i think they what they said 120 mil or some uh, something around that price range for him i know arsenal may have the lead on Declan Rice but uh, that's another one that just gets floated around about uh, some competition for United. Um, I mean, those are some big three. Apparently, they're still going to try to go in for Frankie De Young. I don't, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> leave that young man alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's how I feel. I'm like, I'm, I'm over that shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. One of the biggest rumors that came out this week was Neymar <laughs> to Manchester United. Apparently. And and Fabrizio Romano, he he's he uh shut that one down. Um, but apparently Casemiro uh had something to do with this. Like he he's been in his ear about a move to Manchester United. Uh, but I can only imagine PSG would still he's 31 years old, but I can still imagine PSG would still try to get over 100 mil for him because they paid what 220, two something for him. Yeah, they they trying to get some of that back. So uh, he's not gonna be for the cheap if if it was ever true. I don't believe it's true. So. Um, but those are some of the big ones that that we uh, that we have. I think a lot of it's been uh, held back though because of this uh, uh, ownership issue that's been going on. So I think once that gets resolved, maybe at the end of the weeks, uh, there's some rumors about that. They they may say that there's a uh, potential front runner at the end of the week. We'll see. Um, but a lot of that. 
going to be the next owner too. How much money we want to spend? I'm hearing rumors of five hundred million dollars for Ten Hag over the summer. That's a lot of money. That's Chelsea money. Yeah, but, I don't uh, believe that. Yeah, yeah. right. I, same, same here. I don't believe it either. So, yeah, man, I, I'm 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 put, I'm hooking my my uh, train toe to uh, the uh, Kim and uh, Jay rumor though. I think that might be the most feasible one so far. For sure. Now, from Arsenal's perspective, Bukayo Saka has signed a four-year extension. That's cool. He's our best player. Academy product. Nice that he wants to stay for a few more years. And they're also linked with uh, Ghana's best player, Mohamed Kudus, along with Man United and the team I mentioned earlier that made the top four Newcastle. Now, what do you guys think? If you were Mohamed Kudus and you want to advance your career, where would you prefer to go? Juventus, Newcastle United, Man United. I mean, I'm going to be biased and say Man United. And uh, In all reality, though, I think one of the somewhere in the Premier League, whether it's Man United or Newcastle United, I think just somewhere in the Premier League might be one of the better places for him to go right now. Um, I think one the leg up that uh, coming to United he has is he what played for Ten Hag before, so he has that going for him. But yeah, I don't think Juventus is the one. Like like Marcus said, <laughs> they might their tactics might be a little uh, outdated right now. <laughs> hey, I'll jump in after that real quick. I would say neither one of them teams you named. None of them, if you if he gonna still play the attacking midfield type of role, that I guess what what would you label him a ten? Uh, I think yeah, he's a ten, a seven right winger, false nine, and he can play centrally as a. Because I was about to say, and unless he want to be a winger the rest of his life, then go to uh United or our, our Newcastle. But if he still want to like come direct. Like control the game from the midfield, like I kind of do at Ajax. No, bro, none of them teams. Shit, Juve might be the fit, to be quite honest. I mean, I wouldn't even say Arsenal neither because you got Odegaard that's trying to run the joint, and that's why, uh, to me, it, uh, Eric Smith wrote lost his spot because you can't you can't have two fucking uh people trying to run the show. Uh, well, Pep showed us, hey man, you can. <laughs> I mean, and you know Arteta. He's still using Pep's old tactics. So, I mean. <laughs> he ain't upgraded yet, dude. Yeah, he didn't learn the new system. He hasn't studied Deserby, man. Get your iOS up, bro. Yeah, please. But if but, but if I'm not mistaken, he can also play across the front three, right? If you play in a, in, a, in a front three, you can play pretty much any position up there, right, as well. Yeah. So, I think, I think there's some flexibility. So, I hear what you're saying, Marcus, but I think. Because of his versatility, there could be some some options for where he could play, not, not just in the midfield. For sure. Now, and, and, and real quick, I was gonna say Jaden Sancho. There's there's been some speculation about whether or not he's gonna be there next year. Yeah, uh, so he, you know, he's been getting outplayed by Garnacho. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Going? I don't know. Right. I think. Uh... Kudus, the best this, out of those three Premier League teams, I think Newcastle would be the best because I think he would walk in and start in that midfield. Um, as an Arsenal fan, I don't want him to come here and be Saka's backup. 
even though probably he could start in midfield because it looks like Granite Shaka is going to Leverkusen, so he could take that place in midfield. But honestly, I think Newcastle would be the best form if he goes to England. But over there, Bruno, dude. Bruno, he'd be playing deeper as the DM. And yeah, he's the a double. DM. Then the right in front of him be Joe Linton and Willock. You can't beat one of them to start. I think he can. So, hey, you know that old boy love Joe Linton, though. Yeah, he's a runner. But, hey, <laughs> when you need end product, you're going to the Champions League next year. You need more end product. So. And, and also, Joe Linton doesn't consistently start either, though. Yeah, he'd be rotating in and out. So I think, though, his kudos for him to maximize his career because, right. yeah, Ten Hag coached him at Ajax, but he ain't really played. He was hurt the last two years. This Fair is enough. his first year at Ajax that he really got to play and show his potential. Even though the guys at Ajax always knew he was gifted, he never really showed it until this season. So that's why I think for you to continue to develop, I would prefer him to go to Dortmund. Replace mm. Jude, become the man of a team, and let's see what you can do at another league with, you know, bigger expectations than Ajax, who did lose the league this year to Feyenoord. Send him to die with Malin? Come on, man. Hey, man. Hey, what if they go back to back? You mean, what if Byron continues to fall off? Hey. <laughs> I had a comment about uh, Hayer, Heller, however you say his name. But oh, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I ain't even gonna say that. This is <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> oh man, Anthony, where would you go if you were Kudus? I go to that new oil money man, Newcastle. That same seems like a good, good, uh, prosperous fit for him. Optimistic as well. I believe it would be nice. So, bet, Platus, where would you go? I think he should probably come to the league, come to the Premier League. It'll be interesting to see him at United, maybe Arsenal, but he, I think he should definitely come to the league. So you don't think the Bundesliga is good enough for him, or you just don't want no threats? I mean, I feel like he'd go to the Bundesliga and develop, but I feel like he could get the same development if he stayed at Ajax as well. Um, if he can, if he wants to take that jump to that next level, I think going to the Premier League might be the best step for him. All right, all right. Now, and I could definitely see him being useful at you know Arsenal or United. Honestly, I think that'll be a. We good don't job. need useful. This guy has the potential to be the greatest player in my country's history. We don't have time for usefulness. And, and you want him to sit in the Bundesliga? He's not going to sit. He's going to start. Who the hell is going to start in midfield Wait, over him? Lower the price, and he can come. We so not spending a hundred. And you want him to be the best? Yeah, we're working our way up. Holland became the best player in England. He balled in the Bundesliga at Dortmund. Why not? Yeah, of course. But in our hey. Hey, they about to be the league champions, man. Why 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 would not want him to link up with that? To instead of coming to England and then hey, like I said, this man has had injury issues. He's a designer nigga. Personally. I don't think this nigga should ever touch England. He's too talented. He needs to work his way at Dortmund and then, hey, go to La Liga afterwards. That's how I look at him. He's a designer so you player. Don't think, you don't think that, I, like, kind of like how Clay said, that Ajax could be a good development. He's saying that league, that league is getting more parity. 
And didn't Gagpo play in that league also? And yeah. look at and look at how he playing now. Like he's pretty fine. I I would think with a full season, he probably would be in the top ten of scoring. So I would think like him further his advancement in that league, him just being like the face of that league might be a good look as well. He could already get practice with the media. And then when he make that jump to England to a squad that he really that really would fit his designer style. He he'll probably already be ready. And what how old is he? Is he still like 21, 22? Yeah, he's 22, but that's the thing. He doesn't rate the Dutch league. <laughs> he was yeah, trying he to he, he was trying to, to leave to go to uh Everton earlier in the summer. So yeah. this brother's been trying to get out of there. And I, I understand the Dutch league is cool, but it's uh it's a figment of our imagination, it's illusions. That league is the league that sets people up to fail the most compared to the other leagues because of just how open it is. No other league, no top league is like that. So it does take a lot of strikers, attackers, time to adjust. Even Gakpo, the way y'all use him, I don't know if he's ever going to be that high in scoring. I feel like it's going to be Nunes and Salah. Like, Gakpo, you're the new runner. You're the new work hard boy. But Kudus, I think for him, the way he wants to establish himself, of course, he does want to go to England. That is what he was going to do because the PL is the most competitive league. But personally, I think for him to continue on this trajectory, I think it would be smart to go to the Bundesliga, then go to La Liga, man. But I get it. He's a he's a, he's a young kid. They want the PL. That brother was ready to go to a relegation team. So his man's one of his closest friends, Kalmadin Suleimana, he jumped from Wren to go to Southampton and got relegated. So, hey, don't be like him, bro. That's all I'm going to say on that. But, uh, Marcus, I think it's time for you to bless us with that MLS Minute, man. You got to educate us on what's going on in America's League. <laughs> First off, I'm going to repeat what I said during the week when the news became official that uh, my Brazilian is leaving. Not not, not, not Superman. He's Argentinian, if y'all didn't know. Um, but, yeah, my Brazilian winger is, is leaving. Um, he's going to Flamingo. I think it was 35 to 45 million. Yeah, um, yeah, we still are selling league. But you know what, though? I found out that the rivalry week still goes on past um, the last week because we got a funny one this week. We got Hell is Real, the Hell is Real Derby. It's between Cincinnati and Columbus. And if you didn't know, Cincinnati is top of the East right now. Hey, man, to the, the start of the song, man, that boy Lucho Acosta had him a day, man. And man popped it off with a cutback goal, one zip, Sensi. Then they, Sensi, what is that? Still in the first half, get a penalty. We get, they go up two zip. Hey, second half, I mean, what is that? And still in the first half, the crew come back. And that boy Lucas, I cannot pronounce your last name, got one for him. So then we go into halftime, two one. Crew come out 
with some on smoke, man. The boy snatched one back, come all the way back two two from a Moondison. Hey, and if you didn't know, this is the coach that was our coach in focus a couple weeks back that coaches uh the crew. And so his tactics were looking a bit sharp in the second half until we had us our first still in the check moment from a keeper. Um, getting a little too friendly, getting outside, getting almost outside the box with the ball, and they pressing. Like, what is you thinking, bro? Uh, he played a ball to his uh his teammate. His teammate instantly loses it. And uh, since the player played in that box real quick, and they get that three two, and then we get up out of there. Man, second game we got was uh my boys ATL United versus uh the Shy. This <laughs> is is that boy uh Pineda man. I don't know how much longer he's gonna be the Atlanta United coach because um early on Chicago. Uh, they get 10 men down, and, uh, you know, ATL, Superman, that boy, Almada, on the free kick. You know that boy deadly, but, hey, this time the keeper stops it. But off the rebound, the hometown, the captain for the week, Mr. Goopman, gets the, gets the, uh, gets the rebound shot in, and, and he looked like a striker, but dang on, he's a dang on wing back. But, hey, you get that, we get up one zip. And like I'm gonna say this early, we up with 10 men, okay? One zip. But maybe 10 minutes later, on the counter, oh yeah, we had a Shakiri sighting on um, yeah, mini Shaq out here, um, sighting for Chicago. And that boy, I don't know where they get a free kick, and um, he he looked like he don't resurrected his career. Like he could have played with uh with the Arsenal boy. He get a free kick. And I know it ricochet in for on goal. We looking geek. So out here we're up, supposed to be up, dang on 11 on 10. Man, what's going on? Man. Um, so at that time it's 1-1. One, one. And then uh, ATL looking real weak. We give up another goal, and then we down 2-1. What's that? And then before we get in the half, I mean, after we get out of halftime, yeah, we go to halftime down 2-1. We get out of halftime, and GG. Cause I cannot pronounce the Greek's name. Um, he gets he gets an answer in the fifty fifth and the sixty fifth. He the boy looked like uh, Vardy on the low. He do not trick. Okay, the boy is a real poacher out there. Um, so at that time we up three two. I'm thinking the game over with. But hey, I might have to. I'm, I'm gonna have to look for a new turn because we get a red card from the from the new flamingo boy, Mister Lewis. Arujo, my Brazilian boy, he just wanted to get off the pitch, a.k.a. What, what Lamar Odom used to do on Sundays whenever the Lakers played at home. He got he get kicked out the game. So at that point, we 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 10-10. You know what I mean? We don't even score. So um Chicago, they 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 sub in their Greek. And he sits there four minutes later, gets a shot three three. And we ended up with that final score. The next next rivalry game, we had the Battle of the Floridians. We're going to run through this one quick. It was Orlando versus Miami. First half, what is that? Orlando goes up. They ain't going to one zip. Second half, Miami get one back by Campana. 
He gets one outside the box, top corner, chef kiss. Good. Sh- and then, uh, what is that? Four minutes in in the second half. Orlando sub on the striker. And that boy gets on the break, one-on-one with the keeper. And he puts it back corner. In the end of the day, Rafael Santos gets one, gets one on the cutback right inside the box, 3-1. So I guess that means Orlando run Florida or something like that. In the last game we got of the week, y'all boys, D.C., United versus LAFC. We, I guess we could call this one a rivalry too. This was the battle of the MLS originals. Um, and I ain't going to lie. It kind of joy to watch DC United because that boy Ben Teke looked like he don't roll the clock back. He he kind of bossing the MLS. First goal they get keep another. We had our neck still in the check candidate for the keepers. This dude out here trying to think he can uh mix the mix that dude Fontes and uh no 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 you you get leaned he eliminates him Ben Teke right there. Hits it in there with a little chip or what you know what. And um, so then DC up one zip. And um that boy Ben Teke, they play the ball up. This man playing it off his chest, looking amazing. Open up his uh teammates and flitch <laughs> gets a nice little shot in. Them boys up two zip at that point. Ben Teke was out here doing it all. And the third goal, DC just is on smoke. Another counter, get them out the way. Three zip, man. And that's going to wrap up the MLS, man. We 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 a little bit better than La Liga, man. Stop disrespecting us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any of y'all going to the All-Star game? Isn't it in D.C. this year? <laughs> Ephraim, you think I'm going to go to that game after that team choked the league? <laughs> they can kick rocks. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's against Arsenal. Oh, yeah. shit, I forgot. Oh damn! Yeah, you, don't wanna, bags. you don't want to. You don't want to run back history. The tickets. <laughs> there you go. What'd you say, Marcus? You don't want to run back history. Wasn't what? Were we talking about that? Like on the first, like in the first four podcasts about when the MLS played Arsenal that first time, and you was and we looked at that roster, and it was a lot huh. of boys. Yeah. A lot they of, never saw the picture. Yeah, a lot of dead weight. RIP to those guys, man. They let me tell you something, Marcus. You blessed me by you the first time you watched Liverpool. Correct me if I'm wrong. You went to Anfield and saw those boys. That's how you do it. I don't want to see my boys in preseason, man. You did hey, it the right way. Hey man, it was a hell of a experience. The hospitality suite tr- treated me right. Had that had that uh that beer and that uh roast that I, I never and sauerkraut that I will not be participating in. Just know that. <laughs> Clay Thomason, just eat it, bro. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I don't know, man. I Clay this you're gonna be in the house, right? For the all-star game. Yeah, I can't afford those tickets unless, you know, uh, yeah, you know. Hey, hey, I'm not going to put your business out there, but all I'm going to say is you're a big timer, man. You could get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. If if the company sponsors that ticket, you know, hey, we in there. If not, it's very calm. 
<laughs> go to the other events. They be having the, the free kick event. Yeah, you know, yeah. Waiting for them to send me the email because I registered for that. I need I need all the events because I'm trying to run up on a few individuals. Yeah, I'll walk down on I'll walk down, down on an AFTV. You know they're gonna be their troops. Yeah, you know, I'm Ian trying to Wright might pull up. Mm-hmm. I might need to walk down on Ian, right? You know. Yeah, you gotta see Uncle Ian, you know. Yeah, Anthony always likes to talk about having fun during the 2001 All-Star game, the NBA. I never got to do that. How was that, Anthony? They had a lot of dope events, right? Yeah, man, it was I was a I was a small kid with a big head walking around in a bigger world. It, it was <laughs> nice though. Yeah. yeah, I heard that shit was lit in DC. I was in Georgia. They haven't brought it back since. It's been 21 years. Shit, 22 years now. It's 2023. Damn. Hey, Dan, I'll add this to um, also my experience. I told the dude I was sitting by that Mane was going to... Um, no, I said that, that Trent was going to get a, get a go, and I recorded it precisely at the right moment, okay? Visionary. See, that's what I ate, hey, man. Yeah, I can't go to no preseason game. Hey, man. We'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll end up being there on accident. We'll see. But before we go, you know how we got to set it up, man. Ephraim, what's your champagne goal of the week, my friend? I'm going to go back to the Bundesliga, I think, for the third time in a row. I'm going to go with uh, Wataru Endel for Stuttgart. Uh, 4-1 win over Mainz the weekend. So scored a nice little screamer from the top of the uh, penalty box. Nice. Cletus, what's your champagne goal of the week? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Benteke because my boy was turning up. And I was actually in the club while Nick was scoring those goals. So the whole team is definitely going to come to the club as well. (laughs) Marcus, what's your champagne goal of the week? You already know what it is. Storybook in this shit, man. <laughs> Motherfucker respect legend, man. Gave us hella fire memories at Anfield, the way how you go out. Mm. Bobby Firmino, put your body on the line for it, man. They should have gave us that Gakpo goal. He didn't show us no goddamn lines. <laughs> yeah, man, that was dodgy. But yeah, salute to Firmino. What a legend, man. I actually wrote an article about him back in the days when he was at Hoffenheim talking about how this young man is a baller. I wish the article was still up, but I think the site took it down. They're trying to block my shine, but it is what it is. Uh, Anthony, hold on. No, you said, Anthony, you said your champagne gold a week. I, I got lost real quick. Nah, I haven't yet. All but, right. You know, I wouldn't even call it a goal, man. It's us ho- hoisting up that trophy. I don't know what y'all talking about, man. That's the, that that's that's champagne to me, man. We actually pop champagne, so <laughs> yeah, we did pop champagne. Shout out to me. I bought champagne Friday, and we pulled up. Yeah. You, and you had yeah, the Zapacas yeah. rocking. Uh, the Zapapa, yeah, yeah, we Zipapa, had a Zapacas. I be confusing it up, yeah. Shout out to that Guatemalan rum, man. We are gonna get a sponsorship deal with them soon. Some. I'm going to walk down on them. My champagne goal of the week, Cletus, is for you, my man. Your big brother, future Bayern player, Conrad Leimer, scoring that chopper to start that run for Leipzig to beat Bayern 3-1. Shout out to Momentum. 
now, Anthony, you said it already. Go ahead. I'm sure in the club, who's with you? Man, all the players in Manchester City. Honestly, we we bring in the uh, the young cats too. The what is it? The under 18s and the the what's the other team? Under 21s. He, they, he don't know what's going on in the academy. Yeah, those are the. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but they three repeated too. Both of them. Yeah, allegedly those guys squad, have been dominating their leagues too. They've won three in a row as well. So. Yeah, so I, everybody celebrating, man. Sparkling champagne for them, though. You know, you guys can't saw, walk. Actually, they can drink. I saw, it's saw Rico Lewis. I saw Rico Lewis drinking Gatorade, but you know what they was pouring them, pouring them <laughs> when the cameras were on or showing. <laughs> uh, man, Ephraim, who you in the club with? I'm going to bring in, sorry, Dan. I'm bringing Arsenal, man. They need it. They need some love, man, after after this fumble of a uh, end of the season. So I know you called it. But they need some love. I'm bring them in there with me. Get them all liquored up. Make them forget about the end of the season. So, hey, shout out to Arsenal. Seeing Arsenal play, they forgot about the season during the <laughs> season. Hey, they said, oh, <laughs> "What was we? We still playing?" Hey, uh, they didn't know what was going on, e man. But you're a nice guy, man. What a what a gentleman to bring an op to the club with you. Uh, me, who am I bringing to the club? I'm rolling with Man City, man. I'm rolling with the winners. I got to salute them. People think I'm a Pep fanboy because I respect greatness. He's the best coach I've ever seen tactically in any sport. The way he continues to evolve and change. The only coach I could kind of compare it to is Greg Popovich, but Greg Popovich never had a system that the whole league tries to emulate. So I, I, I respect Pep. I respect Man City. Salute to the winners. They coming in the club with me, man. Claytis, who you in the club with? Benteke? Yeah, man. Benteke, Flick, Rooney, everybody's coming out. Um, uh, Flick, after he scored the third goal, he did the win. Rooney um, blow punch when he was got knocked out for his little celebration. So, yeah, we you know we all outside. For sure. I'm running in the club with everybody that's leaving the squad, okay? FSG has gave me the black MX card, and we doing what we want. Ox, you can bring your girlfriend's whole band. Uh, Nabby, you can bring the whole land. Um, Millie, I think all your people go to sleep at 9 p.m., uh, who else we got? Yeah, that's who we bring to the club, man. We out, man. I dig it. I dig it. Hey, this was a fun episode. Appreciate everybody out there for tuning in. Salute. The video for last week's episode. Hey, I'm about to upload. I don't know. It took a while to upload. It's been weird on YouTube. Should be uploaded. We're going to start doing more videos because that was fun. But hey, before we go, Marcus, what we got to do? Hey, man, until next time, keep them pinkies up. <laughs>